All right. <laughs> I said both. All right, I'm taking attendance. So. All right. So. You can start, Dave. And I, I'm, go, I'm going to set a timer uh, to uh, 15 minutes, and it will it will sing a tune when I'm when I'm done. So that'll keep me accountable. Uh, these will not be longer than 15 minutes. When I'm done, we'll just stop. I have no great agenda here. Um, I'm not trying to get to a stopping point. The beauty of the catechism is you can never cover it all. It's a constant study, and so we're just going to study that together. So I actually don't even have a catechism with me, but. I ordered a whole box of them, and anyone who doesn't have a shorter catechism, I'm going to give you one next week. So, um, but hopefully, uh, it's something you're either doing in your family worship or in your homeschooling. My kids do it in their homeschooling, and we read something else for family worship. So, it's it's a valuable tool. The shorter catechism uh, is is for children. So, but let me let me um, take a step back and ask a more pressing question. And that is uh, what I asked last time that we did this in March, and I think roughly March, uh, March, April, October, November, is the schedule we're just going to run until we run out of kids. <laughs> uh, I mean that in a good way. When, you, when you're grown up, we'll stop doing catechism classes, unless, of course, you stay in the church and get married and have your own children, and we'll just have to keep doing them. So, but what, what do you think my goal is for you? What am I trying to accomplish here? Hold on, hold on, raise your hand. Go ahead, Will. I like that answer a lot. That's a good answer. I'll accept that. Uh, someone who isn't my child, anyone else? Uh, what is my big goal here? Meredith? Okay, to teach you, yes. Lincoln, do you know the answer? Yes, okay. A communicant class is a help to you as a child coming into full membership. It is something that is a, a tool to train the children so that they can profess faith. So as children, you are little disciples of Jesus and you're being instructed in the church and you're being instructed by your parents. But the goal of a disciple in the church is to be able to profess faith. And the whole communicants class last time was designed to teach you to do that. In fact, do you remember what I did in the last class? Does anyone remember? I profess faith to you, and that's actually recorded, and you can go back and listen to it. So I profess faith. I said, this is, this is what has happened to me as a Christian, uh, or what made me a Christian, and what's happened to me since I've become a Christian. And so if, as I said in the sermon, the gospel is the power of God to save, it's not just an idea that's out there, but it's actually something that comes into our life and changes us, so that we as individuals are brought into a saving relation with God through Jesus Christ. That's an experience. And that's an experience you can talk about. Uh, I was brought, I was, it, it's like John Newton said, I was blind, but now I see. Well, what did he mean by that? Was he actually blind? No. What did John Newton, when he, when he professed his faith and said, I was blind, but now I see, what did he mean? Uh, Claire, do you want to answer that? Right. It was spiritual sight. He didn't know him, but then he did. He couldn't see Jesus as the Savior. He came to see Jesus as the Savior. It was spiritual sight. So, really, 
the, the fundamental question that I'm answering is not even what is the gospel. Uh, it, it has more to do with you as individuals, and that is what is what is a Christian? Can you tell me what a Christian? I'm not asking you to answer that now. We're going to be answering that for eight weeks. What is a Christian? And then are you able to say to the church at the end of those eight weeks or sometime after then, you can go to the elders and say, I'm a Christian. I am persuaded that I'm a Christian. And let me tell you how I know. And if you're able to say that, then you've professed faith. So what is a Christian? That's the big question that we're answering. Even uh, secondary to uh, or, or before, not secondary to, but even apart from the question, what is Christianity? But what is a Christian? That's the big question. Uh, and that's what I began with last time. What is a Christian? And are you a Christian? We can make that personal. Okay, so as a Christian, let's say you are, or that you hope to become one, or maybe that you're not sure. What's important as a Christian is knowing what you believe and then being able to say what you believe. And another way of describing saying what you believe is professing faith. Remember what uh, Paul says in Romans chapter 10, verses 8 and 9? Whoever believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth. It isn't enough to just believe in Jesus and hold it in. You have to say it. Christians say, I believe in Jesus. So a Christian, to answer the question, what is a Christian? This is my preliminary uh, definition. Is someone who knows or believes and professes Jesus Christ as Lord. Someone who knows and professes Jesus Christ as Lord. So you know it in your mind and your heart, but you, you can see it as John Newton can, could. But you also say it to the church, to the elders. Now, in this, one of the difficulties a child has and why children need special instruction is because sometimes children do really believe, but they have difficulty expressing it. Does that make sense? That's the greatest challenge for a child. Sometimes they say to their parents, you know, I believe this. Why am I not taking communion? But the challenge again for a child is being able to say it, is being able to tell the elders, I believe it. Because it's difficult as a kid to, to, to explain that you know that you're a Christian. That's kind of scary, actually. Uh, and maybe you lack uh, the knowledge to be able to say it in a way that the elders are able to really believe it. So... What do you think that I could do to help you to do that? Let's say you are a Christian, but you just don't know how to express it. What can I do for you? Well, I can teach you. And that's what the catechism does as well. It's a teaching tool. It fills your mind and hopefully your heart as well with all of the things that you need to be able to say for yourself, that I believe these things. And this is what describes me. So, as I say, sometimes the difficulty for a child is just knowing what to say, even if you believe it in your heart. Uh, and that's, that's what I'm trying to help you to do. The value of learning. The value of learning is that it helps you not only to know what you believe, but to be able to say it or profess it. And one of the most valuable tools we have, aside from the Bible, is why? William? The catechism. The catechism was, was in, it's a teaching tool. It asks a question and then it answers a question. And it does that from the first principles of religion all the way to the last principles of religion. And if you take the time to learn the catechism, I promise you, if you believe in your heart Jesus is Lord, you'll be able to say it. I guarantee it. 
If you take the trouble to learn it, there is simply no question that you will have no trouble professing faith if that's what you're scared to do. But you really do believe. And so the catechism is a teaching tool. Uh, Thomas Watson, I'm not, this is, this would be beyond a child's level, but I'm going to use this book a little bit as a guide for myself in, in highlighting certain things about the, confe- the, the catechism. We're not going to go through all 107 questions, and this class is an introduction, but I'm going to highlight certain things along the way. And do you know, I did that when I was learning the catechism in seminary, I would highlight the main questions and I said, these are the really important ones for me. Uh, so that's the way I'm going to go about this now. We have seven minutes, so these are not going to be long classes. When the alarm goes off, I'm done, okay? And we'll just pick up where we left off. Uh, but Thomas Watson, talking about preaching, uh, says that there are two main purposes, and this is a book on the catechism, by the way. He says that there, it's actually three volumes. This is just the first of three volumes. Uh, that preaching, which I just did, is meant to do two things. He says it's meant to settle Christians in the faith and it's meant to strengthen Christians in the faith. So you need to know what you believe, but then you need to grow strong in it. You need to lay the foundation of a house, but is the foundation the house? No, you've got to build the house too. And so preaching is looking to do both things. But what's interesting is that Watson says this about the catechism. In relation to preaching. And he says why. He asks the question. Why does preaching not do more good? Why is it that people listen to a sermon. And they say. That was above my head. I, I didn't quite get that. And I'm talking about a reform. Expository sermon. The kind of sermon you have here. Not the preacher standing up. And telling a bunch of stories. And ending with a little bit of light application. But you know, setting forth. The teaching of scripture and you, and you sit there and, and adults do this, too. They think I didn't quite get that. Now, sometimes that's the fault of the preacher, but sometimes it's the fault of the hearer. Uh, there's a saying. Uh, have you ever heard this saying that you were you were preaching over my head, pastor? Have you ever heard that that expression? Well, the saying is that everything you said went and I didn't catch any of it. I didn't understand any of it. Well, if the preacher is constantly doing that, then he's going to have to lower the level of his preaching. But there was once a preacher who said this when he said, do you know this story, Dan? I've said it many times. The the, the congregant said to the preacher, and I've said this to someone, uh, and this person later said to me that, uh, lo and behold, it worked. Um, Person said, Pastor, you're preaching over my head. And he said, well, maybe you should lift your head. In other words... Stop being so lazy in your thinking. Maybe you need to realize that there's more to Christianity than the Sunday morning sermon. Maybe if you did more study at home, you'd get more out of the sermon on Sunday. This is what he said. Catechizing is the best expedient for grounding and settling the people. I fear one reason why there has been no more good done by preaching has been because the chief heads and articles... In religion, that is the main teachings of religion, have not been explained in a catechetical way. Catechizing is laying the foundation. To preach and not to catechize is to build without a foundation. So what Watson is saying, if I could just summarize that more ancient way of expressing it, uh, was the reason the preaching doesn't do more good on Sunday is because the catechism isn't being taught at home Monday through Saturday. But we might even say maybe it's not being taught on Sunday, too. So I want to teach it here and encourage you to study it in your own schooling or in in your own home. And hopefully you already are. And this is he's saying 
one of the ways that you'll get more out of preaching. It's also one of the ways that you will be able to profess faith because it's equipping you with all of the categories you need to understand the sermon and to understand the Bible and even to understand your own faith. It gives you the categories of God, of man, of sin, of salvation, of the final judgment, of the law of God. These are the kinds of categories that you need to have in your own mind if you want to express your faith and if you want to understand the faith. Am I making sense so far, children? Are we, are we okay so far? Are, are you, tell me, are you understanding me? Okay, okay. I, I, I am really trying. I, I told you this before. I do not preach on a child's level, although I believe a child can benefit much from the preaching. But I am definitely teaching at your level right now, and if I'm not, you have to tell me. Okay, this this class is solely for you. All right, two and a half minutes. So the value of the catechism is to is to is to ground ground you so that you can hear the sermon, but it all benefit from the sermon, so that you might be settled and grow, but also so that you might profess faith. I, I'm telling you again, if you know the catechism, you can profess faith. I, I promise you that. Um, do you have a question, William? Just mornings for, for eight weeks. There's one week that I'm away. So straight up to Thanksgiving, the first Sunday in November, I'm not here. So, uh, all right. The first question is this, and this is the first big category. Can anyone tell me what the first big category of the catechism is? God. Do you, let me ask you this. Do you begin religion with man or with God? God. Now, too many people begin religion with man. If you do that, that's a problem. This should also tell you something, by the way, about professing faith. Where should you begin? You should begin with God, not with yourself. Even though you're talking about your own experience, you begin with God. And yet, it is speaking of man in relation to God. And what is man's relationship to God? Well, man's relationship to God is one in which man is subordinate to God, like a child is under a parent, only much, much, much more so. And it says the first question of the catechism is what is man's chief end? So it asks you a question as a man about God and how you feel about God. What is your chief end as a man? Now you say as a child already you're feeling defeated. What do they mean by chief end? Well, I'm going to help you. That's the whole purpose of this class. I'm going to explain the difficult phrasing. The chief end of man means the big thing in a man's life. I've got to finish up. The alarm's about to go off. It's the big thing in this life. It's the thing he wants more than anything else. The thing he enjoys most and pursues most. The thing that drives him. If you think about the excitement you feel about Christmas morning and all the presents you're going to get. I'm really excited. (laughs) Well, that might be your chief end in that moment. Hopefully not all of your life. But it's the thing you're most excited about. The thing you're most looking forward to. The thing that you can't stop thinking about. That's man's chief end. It's the thing he loves most. And the thing he can't wait to do and to get to. It's the end of his life, you see. Not the beginning, but the end. All right, there's there's the timer. I'm going to stop. We're going to keep... That's going to be our starting point next time. All right, kids? Uh, I'm going to make a little note right here. (laughs) No. Uh, It's man's chief end, which is God. (laughs) Not Christmas. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for these children. I thank you that, Lord Jesus, uh, you love the little children and I love the little children. And I pray that you would help them not only to have faith, 
but to, but to be able to confidently profess it. And uh, help me to help them. Amen.